0: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast today. I have a dear friend of mine who runs a rockstar team of women leaders in Atlanta, Georgia. She is the best gift giving agent in the entire country. I have Glenda Baker with me today. Glenda, how are you? I am
1: amazing, Byron. And I am excited to be here with you because we always have great conversation. So I'm super do. excited.
0: It probably we should have recorded the conversation we had before the pandemic happened which was like i believe the fall before every the world completely changed where we were in madison square garden listening to a beautiful concert by billy joel that would have that would have been the conversation to record right there
1: <laughs> that would have been a great conversation to record we had so much fun that night oh my stars and stripes
0: I'm so glad we went because I wasn't, I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm not a big concert guy. now that like nobody's been to a concert in over a year, I'm so thankful that we all did that together. It was oh special, yeah. Special I mean, thing. think
1: of, I mean, really, Byron, think about like, we were all there together. We had a great conference out to dinner, then to that great con- concert. And now just think about like how polar opposite the world is, and who knows when is the next time we'll we'll hear live music.
0: That's right. That's so true. So Glenda, for anybody that's listening that doesn't know who you are, I know I gave a a brief little summary, but uh, if you could go a little bit deeper for, I don't know, just 60 seconds tops on what you guys are up to in Atlanta, what you're all about.
1: So my name is Glenda Baker. I am a real estate agent in Atlanta, Georgia. I have been in real estate for 28 years, almost 29 i am i run an all-female team here in atlanta it's three of us that sell and then i have two admin on the back so me elizabeth Eveline, on the front selling and then tiffany and jojo on the back tiffany runs the paperwork uh listing to closing and jojo um, implements my client experience team so um, all of our gift giving and client relationships and client touches she executes on that. I come up with all of the ideas, but she does the execution.
0: I want to get into that really quick. because I think I, we've got a whole bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about uh, because you are so thoughtful about the industry and where it's heading. But I do want to touch on the gift giving side of things. Just, you know, there's a lot of agents listening. They may, you know, pull some tactics away from that that they can implement in their business. So, but right before you do that, quickly, how's the Atlanta market? What's the Atlanta market? All about right now and then uh tell us about what you do to be what i consider the best gift giver of all real estate agents in the country
1: wow byron thank you so much so um so the atlanta market is absolutely insane right now um it doesn't matter what price point you're in i and i have never ever seen it the frenzy that i am seeing right now um i'll give you a great example we wrote an offer um on friday and (laughs) Uh, the house, list, house was listed at 985. We put in an escalation clause up to a million one, 000, $1 000, waived all of the contingencies. it was all cash. we did ask for five uh, seven days to do an inspection. They made us wait four days. They made us wait four days till Monday at 6 p.m. They countered us back changing our inspection period and gave us two hours to respond. They had nine offers. So um, it's a little bit crazy, but every single price range um, is definitely, if the house is priced properly and not a complete and total teardown, it is selling in one second. So the market is great. What?
0: I mean, those are, those are big numbers. What's the, is that like median for your neighborhoods or, or is that above median? Where does that sit?
1: No, so that's, that's like the high end for me. I mean, like literally, like that is the high end. So my average sales price is about 700,000. Um, for my team on the buy side, it's about 568 So for me, 713 on the list side, on the buy side, about 568 And that was 985 and it went at a million one. But I do $900 rentals. I do $5 million houses. So everybody, all the money's green and everybody has a dream. So we're here to help anybody that we can. But it, it is absolutely insane. In the film industry, I do a lot of television and film production rentals. And... Literally last week, I was running all over town, helping Disney, CBS, Lionsgate, all different film companies find locations. So that is really kicked back in, so I'm excited about that.
0: So are you finding Atlanta to be a hub for people from California?
1: Absolutely, 100%. We have done, I wanna say this year, 30% of our closed transactions. I might be a little bit off, maybe 31% of our closed transactions are agent to agent referrals. And of the of that 30%, about 15% is coming from California.
0: Wow, yeah, I mean, you guys are gonna take over the Hollywood, Hollywood East Coast.
1: Absolutely, Hollywood of the South, for sure.
0: Hollywood of the South.
1: Yeah, we're definitely moving in that direction because number one, the tax credits, so many people are moving out of California and all of that business is shut down in california whereas here i mean it's rifles and rednecks they're letting us shoot like nobody's business but i will <laughs> say that the studios have um covet enforcement officers that are with them on every location scout on on all of the sets where they are taking people's temperature every single hour and they are very stringent with the regiment so i have to say that the film industry is doing an amazing job at keeping very compliant and safe
0: uh, environment Good. for that. Excellent. Uh, tell us about the gift giving. What does that look like? And, and then I want to pick your brain on Zillow and, and some of the disruption in the industry.
1: So I absolutely, my love language is, gift, is, is gifting. I love to give people gifts. And for me, it is finding the perfect gift is, is like the treasure hunt. So I just really um, gift with intention. I am super interested in people. I love people and I just love finding the perfect gift. So anytime that I have the opportunity, somebody said to me over the weekend that I've never, I've never met anybody that loves people like you do. And she said, what do you think that that comes from? And I think that it comes from just a genuine interest in people but on top of that, I love to make people feel special. And, you know, I think that that's kind of like the magic moment for me is when someone feels special. And I always want people to associate me with that feeling of feeling special. So I'm always trying to be more interested than I am being interesting. And I think that that's just kind of where the magic happens.
0: I love it. And you're And you always you've said something to me in the past. Actually, you did a call for our team, uh, which was very impactful. We still talk about it today. Uh, What did you say about food when you're gifting food? You have a specific line about that.
1: Well, think about it. The first thing that your mom teaches you is, you know, don't take food from a stranger. Don't take food from a stranger. And the thing about it is, is that when you give food to somebody, it moves you from service provider to relationship because people don't take food from strangers. So they automatically, you're no longer a stranger, number one. And number two, that builds trust. And I really think that any, and you know, it's funny because I was on a podcast with um, John Rulin, the author of Giftology. He does not think that you should give food. And I, and I said, you know what, I certainly understand because you don't know what people like. But that's where knowing somebody really counts. And we do a huge client intake form. What's your favorite food? What's your favorite snack? What's your favorite drink? The intake form for us really gives us all the information that we need. And if you're very observant of people, which is so easy to do in 2021 with social media, because people post stuff all, all of the time. Oh, my favorite restaurant, my favorite drink, my favorite this if you're in relationship with people it's really easy to find out what they know and what they love so for us we're just super observant and we're taking all of those copious notes and putting them into our crm which is an excel spreadsheet it's just easier for me (laughs) and that way i know what you like and what's your favorite color so when i'm gifting i can really do it intentionally
0: and you do it consistently too yeah no you do it better than anybody so love that thank you for sharing because i think there's so many people listening right now. How do I, you know, how do I stay ahead of a company like Zillow with all the technology and everything that they're doing to speak to the customer, whether it's Zillow or Redfin or realtor or whoever, right? And gift, gifting and creating those deep relationships and trust is a way to do that. Talking about segueing over to Zillow here, because this is really why we wanted to wanted to chat. You've had you've shared so many uh, thoughts on the company Zillow throughout the years on your Instagram and, and other places right now. In, as we sit here in March of 2021, uh, where are you with Zillow in your head? Are, are they t- renting space in your head at all? Are you thinking about them? Are you not thinking about them? What's your what's your take on Zillow right now in the moment?
1: Uh, keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. That's kind of my uh, theory with Zillow. And do they take up space in my head? No, they don't take up space in my head. But I think that as real estate professionals, we owe it not only to ourselves, but to our consumers, our clients, to be extremely educated and understand what Redfin, Zillow, Open Door, Knock, what these companies are doing because if you don't know what they're doing you can't abdicate for your client. You can't speak intelligently about what is going on in the marketplace. If you just know one thing then your table is going to fall over because you don't know all of the pillars that keep the table upright. So I think that you owe it to your client to educate yourself on what these companies are doing so you can speak intelligently and proficiently on how they can either work for your client or how they're gonna work against your client. So first off, I think as real estate agents, we need to understand what is the game plan. And in my head, that is what I am trying to do whenever I speak about Zillow or any online company, is I want real estate agents to educate themselves and understand what their business model is so that when someone asks you, what do you think about my estimate?" or when someone asks you Zillow offered to buy my house, what do you think that you can actually come back and know what you're saying with certainty and clarity for the consumer. So that's why Zillow is always on my radar, number one.
0: And they're marketing for some of their solutions to, oh, you, you're worried about moving because you don't have a place like, we'll do the trade-in, we'll do the, the down payment assistance, right? You mentioned Knock. They're, they're in home Light, some of these companies that, are creating products that are very desirable for a consumer that is just on their phone doing their own research. And if they come to you with questions as the real estate professional, and to your point, you don't know what Knock is doing in your market, or you don't know what Open Door is doing in your market, that's gonna create a lot of confusion for them. If you're just like, hey, I can set you up with a feed on the MLS, that's not going to cut it anymore if you wanna be the agent of the next five to 10 years. Are you taking leads from any of these companies right now or are you just completely building your business outside of the channel accounts like Zillow and and the rest of them?
1: We actually get a lot of leads from Homelite, which is another online service that also offers to buy properties. And I will tell you the quality of the leads that we get from Homelite are very, very good. We have been anywhere-
0: And they're listings too, a lot of times. Yeah. So,
1: And we love that. and. But this is the thing, is that we've spent anywhere from $500 a month to $17,000 a month on Zillow. So I was on the Agent Advisory Board for them I, when they first started. I feel like I understand their business model. I've also um, been to symposiums here in Atlanta with the um, Economic Director of the South that had Open door as a guest because, I again, I want to understand what their business model is because I've had friends that I've gone on the listing appointment and they've said, hey Zillow offered me 175. Zillow offered me 319. And on my friend that they offered 175,000, I said run, run to the closing table. I can't get you 175 in its current condition. I'm going to tell you 125. And literally in the condition that it was in, wow. I could only get her 125,000 she took the 175 offer from Zillow, which netted her 139 after they took out all their fees. She ended up 15000 on the positive. So, and, and then she became a cash buyer for something else. So for me, don't feel threatened by these online companies. Be able to utilize them as part of your toolbox, part of your arsenal, because if Zillow is going to pay my, my friend, my client, stupid, stupid money, I'm yeah. gonna utilize that shit all day long and twice on Sunday. I mean, it, it, right now they're running ads in my marketplace about that they will pay you yours estimate. They will pay you your estimate. Those estimates in Atlanta, sit down, are off 13 to 17 percent. If you're gonna pay 13 to 17 percent over the market value, my people need to sell to Zillow all day every day. Right. Keep in mind. That the, that the average service fee on Zillow is 11.4% in my marketplace. So 7.5%. Because you know real estate agents are overpaid at 6. So yeah. Zillow's going to charge you 7.5% because they're such a much better deal. Then they're going to do that seller concession. What most people don't understand is that your taxable number is that 174. So think about for Martha. They charged her 174 on the top then they got her down to 139. She didn't want to pay the taxes on the gap because it was an investment property for her, but she ended up having to do that. So was it really a great deal? Maybe maybe not, but it was better than I could get her at 125.
0: Yeah. And guess and guess what Martha is going to come back to you over and over and over again because you provided her such value, you made her more money in the end even with the taxes. You definitely made her more oh, money absolutely. on on that investment property and she when she has a question this or that It's Glenda Baker. Hey, what do I do?
1: Well, and that's where people are missing. That's where agents are missing the boat is that Zillow is an amazing search engine. I I, I will give credit where credit is due. Their their platform for search is so much easier to navigate than anything I'm going to hook my clients up with. And they have a direct feed from the MLS. So I want my clients to feel free to use Zillow as a search portal telling my clients, stay off Zillow, don't use Zillow. That's not realistic. Go ahead, use it as a search portal. But you need to make sure that the relationship that you've created with your client is that they're coming to you to verify the information, they're not going to Zillow to verify the information. And if they're doing that, that's on you. You lost them. You aren't in the right relationship with your client if you are not their verifiable source.
0: How are you doing that? I mean, we obviously you're staying in front of them with food and gifts, right? You're staying very much top of mind to your probably your A client list. How else can can agents do that? Make sure that the conversation is coming back to them.
1: There has never been a more um, vital time for you to understand data. So for real estate agents, it's not only the consumption of the data, but it's the interpretation of the data so you've got to be able to consume the market knowledge and the information Mm -hmm. but you've also got to be able to interpret it that that is the gap that Zillow can't get to because they don't know that in my county that 63 percent of the people in my county are over 62 and that X number percent have had knee surgery that a master bedroom on the main floor has a huge, huge value. So that's the thing that people that real estate agents aren't grasping is that your ability to consume market data and then turn around and interpret it to the consumer is really your value driven piece of the puzzle. All of the other shit. I mean, seriously search for houses. You can do that on any portal. They don't need you to search for houses. They don't even need you to access the houses, really. What what the consumer needs from a real estate agent, number one, is the ability to interpret the data. Number two, the ability to negotiate the deal. And number three, to mitigate their exposure to risk. If you are not providing those three things as a real estate professional, you suck
0: we're clipping that one out Bobby and running that on repeat not only for for the team but all over Instagram every agent needs to hear those three right there that was beautifully said and listen I think with the amount of information that's coming out uh, you know you can go on to to Redfin and you can look up some pretty significant data as a consumer right you can look it up and and see charts and, and these kinds of things with the amount of information i think there's going to be more questions that consumers have not less there's going to be more people as we get into a place where uh the the dollar is a little bit uncertain with all the money we've printed and do I go Bitcoin do I, do I think there's going to be more interest in real estate over the next 10 years not less and there's going to be more questions because there is so much data and what does that mean for me locally what does that mean if I want to make an investment or buy a second home or upgrade my home and we need to really as agents as you said understand that data and be able to interpret it and I love what you said there mitigate the risk well, yeah, because there's risk in all these purchases
1: well but but that's the thing is that is people think that they can sell their house to zillow that they can sell their house um to for sale by owner and that that there is no risk the the ability the exposure to risk right now is insane because everybody is very litigious number one and number two you don't know what you're doing as a, as a homeowner, you don't know what disclosure you have to have. And especially in my state, ignorance is not bliss. So when you say that you didn't know about the water leak, that you had AquaGuard come out and fix half-ass, and that that is easily <laughs> traced back, I'm telling you right now, the exposure to risk is extreme. and just Sounds because... like
0: that's happened, the AquaGuard. Yeah. Except... <laughs> yeah. It
1: has. Duh. And I mean, that's the thing is, is everything is traceable now. Like you cannot believe so it's not like it's 1972 where you had Joe, the plumber come out and you know, spit and glue that leak together and nobody ever knew that the house had mold. It's 2021. All of that stuff is very traceable. And this is what I think that people don't understand. They think that real estate agents, Oh, well in this market, I can just stick a sign in my yard and I can sell my house. It's, you know, lickety split. I'm not getting paid for the three days it took me to get your home sold. I'm getting paid for the 28 years of experience that kept your ass out of jail, that got you the most money, that told you that just because the neighbor sold for $740, I can get you $800 because your lot characteristics are so different and in demand. And that's what I think that a valuable real estate agent brings to the table.
0: Absolutely. Are there going to be agents working directly for zillow like redfin and, and some of these other companies is that in the, is that in the future
1: so last week when i checked zillow has 49 so they're a brokerage here in atlanta and i just want to give the cons, the disclaimer If you're with NAR, I'm not talking about Zillow the brokerage. I'm talking about Zillow Group, the search portal, the platform. I'm not talking about Zillow the brokerage, so I don't want you to think that I'm saying anything bad about another brokerage. Zillow (laughs) is a brokerage here in Atlanta, and as a fact, they have 49 agents employed in Atlanta, Georgia, through their brokerage. So they are a brokerage. This is news to my ears. Oh, Byron, you know I am bringing the facts, brother. They are a lender, a buyer, a seller, a brokerage, and a data provider in my market.
0: And I'm in Atlanta. What are those? Georgia. Are those 49 agents operating similar to Redfin? What's the model?
1: They're operating, uh, they're getting paid hourly and 10%.
0: 10% of the total.
1: T- 10% of the commission, $10,000 commission, 1,000 bucks. So yep. they're getting paid hourly plus that 10%.
0: Plus the, what's the hourly range? Is it, is it close to the median in the market or
1: 15 to 19 is what I hear.
0: Uh, dollars an hour. Yes. Oh,
1: yes. And I went back and pulled all of the license numbers and all of the license numbers, the average, uh, like, uh, the average tenure of the agent for them is like three days. Like literally, like literally they've been selling real estate like less than three years.
0: Very interesting. And this model has been going on for just this year. How long?
1: So interestingly enough, I knew that I was in trouble because last February, a man made an offer on one of my listings and I am that crazy ex-girlfriend stalker. I research everybody because I, I am a big believer in the disc test, and I think that if you know your audience, you know something about the person you're presenting to, it gives you an advantage. I may mm. be completely wrong. You may not believe in the disc profile. I'm a big believer in I,
0: disc. I'm there with you.
1: So I searched this guy when he made this offer on this house because he had me put in a special stipulation in the contract that says the buyer broker commission will be credited, will show as a will show as a seller credit to the buyer at closing. And I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. That is a very fancy special stipulation for a layman. And um, he's like, oh, ha, 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 ha. I've done a little bit of real estate research. He never discloses that he is a licensed real estate agent, a licensed real estate broker from Florida. He never discloses that. So I do a little bit of research on him and he was actually the Vice President of Zillow Offers for their Atlanta headquarters. I knew that we were in trouble, that was last February. So they actually became a brokerage, they've been a brokerage, but they actually started engaging agents in September of 2020. And so for us, um, I knew that their, that their business model was changing. They had a broker here that, in Atlanta that was running all of the houses that they bought, that was selling all of those. And then they have um, a corral of agents here that handle all of the buyer leads. And in November of 2020, they pulled all of those listings from that company that had been representing the listings and moved them over to their Zillow brokerage. And they'll do that eventually with, uh, with all of the buyer leads as well. They're using agents as beta testers and guinea pigs to run the systems and see what works best and see how to handle that. So they're really using agents as a testing ground, which they've always done, um, but they are picking very um, proficient and high profile teams to run all of that business through to understand what is the best model for them to, to p- implement for their own business.
0: And there are, there are still teams in Atlanta on the Flex program currently. I got all, I got all of what, yeah, I got all of what you said. Okay. I I thought I rendered
1: you speechless.
0: Uh, You did kind of render me speechless and we'll just pick it up here, Bobby. The reason I was speechless, Glenda, is because I haven't heard anybody predict that, say that they're going to be charging for, you know, things to appear on essentially your Zillow profile. As you're saying it, it makes a ton of sense to me because I, I think about how, costly it is to do business for you know a commercial real estate agent on loopnet and costars by the way coming for zillow they are coming for them i'll be interested to see what that showdown looks like in the future but it is very expensive to do business on that platform and so why wouldn't zillow do the same thing with their platform to your point once they've already put in you know we're really thinking you know, ahead here. Once they've put agents into every single market that are working directly for them, you well, don't, and, so you and
1: think about it. If they take out the flex, so when they've taken the seller leads, then when they take the buyer leads, then they, they still need us as real estate, as the real estate industry to finance their business model, because that's what we've yeah. done basically is we've financed their business model thus far. So if they're keeping all of the leads and they're keeping all the buyers and the sellers, they still need us to finance it, and the way that they're going to get us to finance it is by showing our listings, by showing our past solds, and showing our reviews, and they're going to charge us for that. You, you I promise you, I promise you, it is coming. And you know, I, agents, and, and this is what makes me insane, is that Zillow is great at making noise over here with showing time. Like, here's all this noise over here at Showtime, and agents are focused over here, that they don't see them running down the field with the ball over here with the reviews and the past sold. They're focused, oh, they're going to get my data. They're going to get my client's data. Oh, this is terrible. This is horrible. They already have your client's data. They, you you When you told Bobby and Susie to go to Zillow to write you a review, they took your client's data yes. right there. I mean, Hello. 7 out of 10 consumers have already registered on Zillow. That's right. When you go, the little skip is literally a two font in gray. You can hardly find it. You think you've got to register to get on there. Most consumers don't understand that when they click terms of service, I accept that they're accepting for all of their data to be sold. As a lead to a real estate agent, they don't understand yeah. that. That's why, as real estate professionals, we need to control that. We need to educate the consumer so they understand that they're being commoditized as a lead by this search engine. But on top of that, you don't need to worry about the data. Zillow, Zillow has the data. Zillow didn't buy showing time to get the data, they bought showing time to gain control of the process. Period. Yeah.
0: Period. Yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a, I mean, to your point, if they're gonna have agents in every marketplace soon, then showing time is gonna be a very useful tool for them to go ahead and, and, and set those showings up. I've I've agreed with you the whole way through on the data. They've had it forever. You know, even our best clients that trust us with any transaction that they're ever going to do, you know, speaking back to to Martha who who you helped accept uh, a, a Zillow offer in fact right like she's clearly given her information to Zillow because she's looking she's on the internet which everybody's going to do and they're gonna do their own research even before they check in with their trusted advisor so yeah you know complaining that they have the data that that is that's a fight not worth fighting right now it, it is all about uh, making sure that you're educating them I, I couldn't agree with you more so I've, I've, I've been educated on this podcast, which is why I wanted to do it because I did not realize that they had agents going out there. I mean, 50 agents is not a lot. I mean, that's a, that's a small office, probably very small office in Atlanta, I would imagine. Um, So are they aggressively recruiting? Are they marketing, you know, job positions in, in your marketplace? Like how are they attracting more?
1: Yeah, so absolutely, they have job um, job ads running through Indeed and WiseHire, and they are actively, aggressively looking for real estate agents. Now, you can go ahead and say, oh Glenda, she's paranoid, she's the conspiracy theory. I personally think that as guinea pigs and beta testers for the, the, these agents and teams, because you had to have a team, you had to have sales managers, you had to have all of this prerequisite that they put in place to be able to be on this buyer flex program. I personally think that they are going to pick and choose from those large teams, um, the buyer agents that have been successful and engage them directly. Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. no idea if that's the truth. Well, like all of the data that they're gaining, so, so Byron, I run the team, so they know that Evelyn, her conversion rate is better than Elizabeth's. Right. So they're picking and choosing. Do you not think they're going to come to Eveline and say, Hey, Eveline, you're working for Glenda right now. You're having to split it X percent, X percent, come work with us and we'll do this for you. It's, we'll something, you leads.
0: it's something that Lisa Chinati has, you know, she's also, you know, shared those I don't want to call Lisa out. Maybe we shouldn't even say, but she, you know, she shared that sentiment of like, Hey, like, you know, my agents are updating our CRM, not the Zillow CRM for a reason. Um, So hopefully Lisa's not upset with me for saying that. I think she's already made that clear with with Zillow. But, but my, my point is so my team we're Zillow flex, right? We have the growth, we have the growth partnership. Um, Now, when i think about our top agents that have the the highest conversion rate on zillow i don't think they'd ever you know th- these you know i'm thinking in my head heidi is a very independent independent woman single mother makes a lot of money uh you know she's great at selling real estate why would somebody like that want to go and work for 19 an hour with 10 I, I i don't see the top agents the top converters making that jump.
1: Okay. I'll play devil's advocate with you. No,
0: no, I want to, I want to, I want
1: to, um, Heidi, come be a sales manager for us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's where I think they're going. I, that's where I think they're going to implement those top producers, um, that they're, that, that they will pull. And I I'm telling you, I'll bet you $5. I'll bet you
0: $5. We have a lot of $5 bets going on right here. I, I, I could gonna... be, I could be in for 500 before the end of this.
1: I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you right now. I do not lose a bet that I make. It, it has been years <laughs> since I have lost a bet. But I, I will tell you, the. I, and and I think Zillow is a genius. I think that they, oh, I'm
0: right there with you. Yeah. I
1: I think that how they have handled their business, like I wish I was that smart. So I honestly do not know how in the world that they would not do that. Because if I were running a business and I had the intel on who were the top converters, you don't think that I would go after those people as a headhunter? Absolutely, every day and twice right. on Sunday. So why would they not? It just, only, it just makes sense. So I think that they will do that, um, and I, I, I will tell you, I think that they will, in every major market, Atlanta is one of their junior headquarters, so they have Tucson and Phoenix and Atlanta, where they have test markets, and everything that I am seeing here Tells me that they will do that,
0: and I don't think that story. You're the what you've shared on this podcast has been told to the industry. I mean, I, I just I haven't heard it, and I'm pretty, you know, tuned in. I feel like, Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know that a lot of agents and even brokers realize what you just said.
1: Well, you know, Byron, this is the thing that makes my head spin around, snot fly out of my nose is I kind of waded into these waters on Clubhouse, I don't know, maybe a month ago.
0: Have you gotten on the one, the, the Zillow Killer, the Zillow Killer channel?
1: No, not on the Zillow Killer channel. I was actually in the <laughs> real estate networking room.
0: Okay. And
1: one, uh, two, maybe two or three of the people in there were um, NAR um, officers or whatever, oh. whatever NAR has up there. And I don't mean to dismiss that. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But they're like, Glenda, you can't talk about Zillow because they're a brokerage. Mm -hmm. Let me explain something to you right now. That is the problem with NAR and our industry is that they're so worried that I'm going to offend Zillow by talking about them as a brokerage that they never, ever faced faced the facts in front of them that Zillow was coming for this industry. And I absolutely 100% put responsibility on our association that they did not, they weren't on the front of the wave, educating us as real estate professionals and doing everything that they could to give us every tool to fight a company like Zillow or at least maintain our head above water. Because, and, and t- telling me, oh, you're going to offend them. It's a violation of the code of ethics for you to talk about another brokerage. I'm not talking about the brokerage. I'm talking about Zillow Group as a search engine platform that is coming. As a, as a public-traded
0: company. Yeah. Thank
1: you very much. And that's yeah. the thing. You're so worried about the code of ethics over here about some brokerage, you're not even looking at what is the real problem. And that is educating your members on how to deal, how to, Take better care of their clients and deal with a company that has not spent one dollar after the transaction closed. So, do you want? Did you just hear what I said, Byron? Yes, Zillow has not spent one dollar after the closing. All of their money is spent on acquisition of the consumer. But once Mm. the consumer closed on one, two, three Banana Street, they haven't spent a dollar on that relationship. You want to that's know what's true. like shooting fish in a barrel, go into your MLS, pull every single person that bought a house through Zillow and make those people your sphere of influence because in three mm-hmm. to five years, they're going to sell their house and they don't right. know who to call. And will they go back to the hit it and quit it real estate agent that got them into a house that was a POS? Like that's, you want to know like, how, where's your lead generation? Where to spend your money? No charge for that tip.
0: I agree with you. So you're, so you would shoulder more of the blame on NAR than the brokers? I, 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 shouldered the
1: blame on the people who were in charge of our industry, whether that was the national association of realtors or brokers or owners or whomever that was, because I know that I was not educated as a real estate agent on how to understand Zillow. I was on mm. the Zillow agent advisory board. I was meeting with their leadership. I was meeting with their, with their, uh, what do you call those people? The people who, their, uh, shoot, you know, the people who make the system, whatever those people are called.
0: Like the uh, developers. developers.
1: The developers. Thank you, Byron. Sorry, I had a fart there. Oh, sorry. That's right. Brain fart. Anyway, so they're developers, and I'm out in Seattle, and no lie, cross my heart, they sit us down in a room, and they say we're looking at doing forecasting of this estimate. So this is just when, this is back in the olden days when you went on and it said your house was worth $300,000. And, but there was no forecasting. And every agent in that room said, wait a minute, let's think through that. If you're a buyer and you see that the value is going down, are you gonna buy 123 Banana Street? And if you are a seller and you see that the value is going up, are you gonna list 123 Banana Street? And the entire group said, forecasting the value is not a good idea. The entire group of agents said that. Three weeks later, they rolled out the Zillow forecast. And the Zestimate forecast. That was when I knew right there that I was not in friendly waters. I I knew that they were literally taking the data that they were getting from this agent advisory board to put together their platform. And I knew it wasn't the right spot for me. And so, I was, I was fortunate to be in the, there in the beginning and see kind of how they were laying out their business model. I fault myself that I wasn't smart enough to see where they were going sooner. But again, I think they're a genius. I had the, the opportunity to sit next to Rich at dinner and listen to him, and the man is an absolute genius. And so I don't fault anybody for being smart and creating an amazing business model. I fault us as an industry for not facing the facts sooner.
0: Yeah. And I would, you know, I agree with you on, you know, how I framed up the question, shouldering blame on NAR because, but you know, there, there are limited, not limited, there, there's an abundance of resources there, but. You know their their problem is they they spread them out all over the place and and kind of squander a lot of our resources. But uh, certainly the the brokerage community as well by by just not innovating. But that is also you know the market right. And, and so people come in and 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 take. So it is what it is there. If you're a last Zillow thought here because then we'll wrap this up with something else. But if you're a um, a team like mine who is you know, doing a lot of business on Zillow, do you continue to do that business or, or do you shut it off? I, and I, I'll give you my thoughts on that, but I'd love to hear yours.
1: Ride that horse as long as you can. I made a truckload of money on Zillow leads. Ride that horse as long as you can, but you need to be prepared and you need to be nimble enough in your business that when they shut that shit off, you need to be able to pivot in one flat second. So I I think that any business model where you're making money, you ride it as long as you can, but you need to be nimble enough to be able to pivot if that ends tomorrow. Just like open houses ended with COVID, we did a ton of open house business, but when that ended with COVID, that sh- yeah. I mean, I did 18% of my business was open houses last year. I mean, in 2019. Right. So when that stopped, I needed to be able to do something else. That is versatility. That sh- That is having a deep bench for your business. And if your business, if one source of business can be shut off and your business go bankrupt, you have a very bad business. So You, you don't have a business. You don't yeah. have a business. You need to make sure right. that you are nimble and that you are... You're never ever going to, um, over to to have a better business model than people that you love, that know and trust and love you. And if you yeah. always invest in your past clients, your sphere of influence, that should always be the foundation of your business. Because those people are not going to move over to Zillow no matter what they do. You are going to be the source that they use to verify information. You are their go-to with real estate. And it doesn't matter if they came to you through Zillow. That's a great opportunity to keep those people and build your database and love on them and convert them into your way of thinking so they never go back
0: to Zillow. Beautifully said. This is a game of pickup basketball. It happens in your neighborhood. It's a local business, so... I I agree 1000%. All right, I appreciate one one. I appreciate you coming on and and sharing so many deep thoughts, educating me massively on what's going on in Atlanta with Zillow. Those are uh, those are some nuggets I'll be talking about and digging into more the weeks ahead for sure. I think we're going to have another conversation around Zillow as things continue to evolve or a number of conversations. Um, I want to just wrap this up with a different angle. I I love that you are uh, running an all women team and that you are promoting that. What does that mean for you as a strong female leader in this industry? What does it mean to you to be able to do that? And has that always been the case and and how's that look going forward for you?
1: I would probably say that I have always been a champion of women. Um, I was raised by a single mother. I was a single mother myself and I have always wanted to champion women. I want to build generational wealth and legacy wealth for the girls on my team. And I think that when you, especially as a woman, when you invest in a woman, really the exponential growth that you can give another woman is more than anybody else. So I, I feel like it's my obligation, it's my duty, just because I was invested in by so many women. And and I, I will tell you, Elizabeth has worked with me for 20 years, 20 wow. years. I hired her when I was pregnant with my son, so a little over 20 years. Um, that was back in 2000. I, I started with two women and um, it's just worked better for me. Um, we, I have thought about hiring men. Not that I wouldn't, because I don't want to be hit with discrimination.
0: No, no, I understand that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Honestly, I haven't found anybody who um, who who works as well. And for us, it's about culture. You know, yeah. we are we are really, really into culture. And I love promoting my team. And again, right now, I'm looking for investment opportunities. Where we can invest in a property, we can fix it up as a team, we can turn around and sell it. Because I want love to help the women on my team build generational wealth.
0: I love it. I love it. I love your style. You are so authentic too. I think you know, everyone that's listened this deep into the podcast can really resonate with you on so many different levels. And so Glenda, where uh everybody should go over to Glenda's Instagram, which I believe is maybe was it glenda.baker?
1: It's just Glenda Baker. Every, I'm the most an anonymous no. person in the world. It's Glenda with two N's. That's the only thing that's a little bit strange. It's G L E N N D A Baker. Yeah, no doubt. And you can find me Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Oh my god, I love TikTok. Um yeah. TikTok, yeah. YouTube, everything is Glenda Baker.
0: Oh, are you doing any Instagram reels? I see you doing reels. Yeah, I do uh, reels. I yeah. love
1: IGTV. You know, my Instagram engagement's up 992% over the last 30 days. Because of reels. Um, I've been dub- uh, doubling down on stories. I've been doing stories and IG live. So that's really kind of improved my uh, Instagram. I- I've been intentional about that since February the 6th.
0: Have you mixed in reels in those 30 days that you've seen it go up?
1: I have, but you yeah. know, Byron, believe it or not, I talk a lot. That 30 seconds is killing me. That's why I prefer TikTok.
0: <laughs> but I, know. I actually
1: just completed, so I batch film everything. So I, yesterday I shot for 11 hours, and I did a new series about how to um, buy when you need to sell. And yeah. so I did that series, and that, that those reels will come out at the end of this week. So we'll talk, we'll do a little bit more of those. And we're doing some more like um, house snackable uh, feature space um, snack size video for our houses. The three minute house video is so, you know, 2015. So now everybody wants snack size. So we're trying to do everything um, 30 seconds, to 30 to 60 seconds.
0: Ooh, I'm I'm looking, we're... Always trying to innovate our listing video style, so I'm going to check out your stuff. Everybody should go check out Glenda Baker Two Ends on Instagram. And Glenda, I really appreciate your time. I cannot wait to see you soon. Hopefully, when when we can uh, when we can do something again. Absolutely. And uh, really, really just appreciate all your insight. You are a power leader in this industry. Everybody go follow Glenda. Thank you. Be well. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, Byron. I love hanging out with you. I appreciate you having me today.